care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. All right, what is up, everybody? Today we have a special guest with us, and the topic today is actually going to be about something that is very uh, passionate to me. And uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, my name is uh, JL Lumbrez, and thank you so much, Kai, for having me on your podcast. Um, I am a life coach with the emphasis on relationships. That's really what I am really passionate about, is just teaching others about relationships. Um, but yeah, that's, that's who I am. So why did you get into relationships? I got into relationships because um, it's something really what I'm passionate about. I have an amazing relationship with my boyfriend, and I just have this drive and passion to help others and help individuals and couples to attain that kind of relationship as well. I just, I have this funny phrase called, I love love. You know, I just want everyone to be in love. And I, and I just want everyone to have this functional, loving, passionate, intimate um, relationship, because I truly believe that our happiness is based on our relationships. And a lot of that really comes from our intimate relationships. So um, teaching people the skills and strategies and techniques on how to have a good relationship will help them to be more fulfilled and happy in life. Now, that was originally my purpose of why I wanted to teach people about relationships. But then as I did more of my research and studies, I realized that it is a bigger scale of what I'm doing. I want to help individuals to have great relationships, therefore attract the right partner. And then eventually, you know, they will start their own family and then those parents will be the role models of love for their children and like just kids having that role model of what love is like um will help them to be when they're older to help to have love themselves and to help them to be better in society so what is going on in today's dating scene what is your view on it how has it changed because i believe it's changed a lot from our parents and our grandparents age so what is your perspective on today, today's dating scene? Well, dating definitely has changed throughout the years. I'm a registered nurse and, you know, I see my patients, they're older, and I do a lot of like uh, research and I, I do surveys and I ask them, you know, what, what makes a relationship great? And they tell me, you know, it's about being nice, being, being um, just communication and forgiving and all of that. But they, even they have said that the dating has changed so much. Back then, people got married in the ages of 20 to like 21 and 22. Now, a lot of us um, millennials were getting married around what, like 27 or early 30. And, you know, and then also nowadays, marriage is like 50% divorce rate and dating as well. Like, um, you know, now we have these uh, dating apps. And I think that's really what also has changed a lot in, in the, the dating scene. But what do you think? I have no experience with dating apps. To be honest, I always see them like they may start out good, but then eventually I see them going more and more towards just hookups. That's what I see for the most part. But when it does come to relationships, um, I do believe, and that's something I wanted to ask you about, um, what is your opinion on why our relationships aren't working now? Like, you said marriages are ending in almost 50% divorce rates. And I know, like, talking to my friends and seeing it myself with a bunch of people, 
uh, we are getting married at a later age, and guys are more reluctant to getting married because, as a man, I'm I'm thinking, well, what is really in it for me anymore? Like, why do I need to get married for? Like, what is the what do I get from it? But what about women? Are women do they feel like marriage is still like that ultimate goal that they need to get to, or has women's perspective on marriage changed over the years? Well, I think that women have a natural desire to get married. You know, we. In the evolutionary standpoint, we want to have a partner and we want to feel loved and admired and we want to have children, you know, and mm-hmm. that's just their natural desire. But I do think in our day and age now that women are becoming more independent, more masculine, kind of some, some, some of women who think, oh, I don't need a man in my life. Right. Um, and they're they're being more self-sufficient. But I don't think that women have given up on the idea of marriage. I think it's just a little harder to find the right partner nowadays. So what are the biggest problems that you've seen in relationships or maybe even some that you had in your relationships? Just in general? Yeah, just uh, like, for example, uh, communication for me would be a big one. I realized there was a difference between how men communicate and how women communicate, but I didn't realize how much that was and how much work it took me to learn how women communicate and how to integrate that into having a better relationship overall for myself. So communication is obviously just one of those common problems that I've seen. Um, what about common problems on, you know, from you, uh, from your relationships and your past ones, or even ones that you've seen in general uh, from other women? and men in relationships? Uh, Well, just from experience, I believe that one of the big reasons why a lot of relationships fail is because um, individuals don't know what they want. You know, and they go out dating and they find someone and they think it's the person and they fall in love, but it's not, they're, they're not clear on what they want. And so they attract a person who doesn't fit the values or the beliefs and, and the things they want in a person. And they think they're in love with that person. But, you know, later on in life, you, you realize, wow, we're two different people and we want two different things. So, yeah, just not being clear on what you want as an individual and then going out to date. And then in, in relationships, I think why some relationships fail is because of lack of understanding from both parties. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to understand your partner for who they are, understanding their needs and meeting their needs, you know, and just also practicing that unconditional love. Yeah, that's something I've noticed too. It's like, it seems like today because of social media or whatever it is, I'm not sure exactly, or maybe even because women have become more independent on making their own money. I have noticed that it's more, relationships become more of a, a, let me, what can I get from this relationship? What can I get? What can I get? Instead of what can I give to my partner? How can we work together to become better couple, to empower each other, to push each other further? Like, for example, like when I see like a lot of the common relationships, it does go back to what you said about people not knowing what they want. Um, so I think a good way is uh, like learning from each relationship you get into. Mm-hmm. So so by now, at our age, 28, 29, 30, we've been in a few relationships already. And a common problem that I see is people aren't learning from their last relationship. They're, right. they're ending it, they're, and a lot of times they're just blaming it all on their ex. They end up hating their ex, and they don't learn from that. They're not reflecting on that. They're not seeing what needs to change in themselves, what right. needs to change in their, in, you know, in their uh, choosing of uh, their partner. And, and just how to have a better, like, what would you change? 
uh, going through the whole relationship. Like it takes a lot of uh, dropping of your ego and pride, in my opinion, to look back and say, okay, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. It was definitely. my fault. This. Yeah, definitely. So I see a lot of people aren't doing that. Um, that's really great that you brought that up because I actually have personal experience of that. And um, before my current uh, boyfriend right now, I dated someone before him and uh, he broke up with me and it was really painful. But during that time, that's when I really got into personal development and just learning about mindset and psychology, you know. And during that time, I took a year off to really just work on myself, to really sit down and be clear on what I want. Like, what do I want in a guy? What do I have to become to attract that guy? What is my vision of a, of a great, amazing relationship? What, what do I see my relationship as I really envisioned it what do I want in the future you know and I was really detailed and I worked on myself because I made a promise and I said the next person I'm gonna date is gonna have the best of me and like you said going back you said like we don't really focus on what we need to change and we just kind of blame the other person the ex right mm -hmm. but it's about taking the time to be like hey you know when breakups happen it's a mutual thing like sometimes both parties have played a part that has grown them apart, you know? So it's about really like sitting down and being like, hey, I need to work on this. I have these patterns and behaviors that need to change. Because if you are, you keep having failed relationships, sometimes it's not about the other person. Maybe it's something that needs to change from within. When you do make that change, it'll be different for your next relationship. And so in that time, uh, for a year, I didn't date and I really just focused on myself becoming better, healing and growing. When I was centered and when I was in a good place and you know I had a lot of clarity, I wasn't even looking. And my partner, my boyfriend, Peter, he came into my life. So I do believe that when you're in alignment with yourself and you know exactly what you want, I believe the universe will conspire, you know, to bring you together. I hear that a lot. And I guess the way that I see it is because I have seen uh, a couple people be like, well, if God has it uh, in his plan, then he'll bring the person to me. But I see a lot of people that still stay at home and do a lot of the same things. And do you think you have to put yourself out? You have to go out. You have to meet people. You have to do like your part to meet that person. Yes. Yeah. Were you doing yes. that or how did y'all? Yes. yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I totally stress that. Like, it's kind of like you can't just pray for something and not do anything about it. You know, it, it requires you to have faith and also you doing, putting in the work, putting in the effort. So what that would mean is, yes, working on yourself. That whether that's reading self-development uh, books and, and going to seminars, learning about yourself, you know, trying to get better, improving yourself in every area of your life. And then also going out and meeting people. Uh, like my thing is like, if you want to meet someone, go to a place that go to a place that is something that you you like to do. So let's say you're a church goer, then maybe go to church and you'll find someone because you already have the same values and beliefs, right? So for me, I went to a um, entrepreneurship charity event. And for me, that was, that was something that I love to do. I love to give back. I love entrepreneurship. I love business and personal development. And so because I was in that place, there happened to be another guy in that place who had the same mindset, the same values and beliefs, and we were already in the same place. And so when we met, it was kind of like we were already, we already kind of knew each other, you know, because we, we liked and we valued the same things. 
So take us through the process of someone wanting to be in a good relationship. Obviously, it starts from your parents, how you saw your parents or your lack of having parents. That affects who you are, like how you're, uh, how you view relationships and what right. you think they're supposed to be. So aside from the parents, um, everyone obviously starts out single. Can you take us through the process of being single and then before you get into a relationship and then while you're in a relationship, like what are the skills that you need to do or prepare for uh, before you get into a relationship? Like what skills should you have? Uh, how should you already uh, feel about yourself? Um, take us through that process. So uh, let's say you are a you're single, right? Um, the first thing I really would encourage people. So in my course, the first two weeks is really the first two weeks of the course is really about self awareness and self love and just knowing about yourself. So the number one I would believe is like really understand what's your beliefs and mindsets about relationships because what you believe about yourself, what you believe about relationships, will only manifest itself. So example, if you believe like, oh, love, love is hard to find, uh, love doesn't last, or I'll never find the right man. If you come from that, or men are pigs, or women are, you know, these kind of generalizations, if you believe them, that is that that is exactly what's going to happen. That is the, what you're going to manifest, and then you will self-sabotage, you know? So really understanding what are your beliefs about yourself? What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe you're worthy of love? Do you believe you're deserving of love? Do you believe that you you are deserving, that you can have a man who can fully love you? Do, do you believe that you can be fully loved? Mm -hmm. So just starting with that, what are your beliefs and mindsets? And even about relationships, do you believe that, oh, this guy is going to cheat, men cheat? Like, or do you believe love will last? So really understanding what, what are your beliefs is first. And then healing and um, just like if you have any traumas from your past, and this is not just about relationship trauma. It's about um, if you had any pain and, and trauma from your past to really heal that because that, you know, you build like certain habits and behaviors based on those traumas. And so that becomes like kind of baggage that you bring into the relationship. So really learning to love yourself knowing you're worthy, knowing your self-worth, because when you get into a relationship, then you won't tolerate anything that disrespects you or that doesn't honor you or doesn't treat you right, you know, because you, you're like, you, you know that you deserve better and you know that, you know, your self-worth, that you won't tolerate any bullshit and you won't tolerate any man who will not treat you right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really number one. And then this, the second week is about blueprint for an extra ordinary relationship is now you're really going to write down what is your vision and what is it that you want in a partner so making that list of what you want in a partner and then the second step is after you make a list of what you want for your partner then you make a list of who do I need to become what character traits what personality or what what do I have to become to attract that person when you have that list then write down what is your vision of a dream relationship what do you dream of with this partner what do you dream of creating with this partner? Is it traveling the world together? Is it uh, creating a business together? Whatever it is, have a vision, having a family or what is it that you want? 
to do with your partner. And then I, I teach them, how do you choose? How do you find your partners? Where, where are you going? Um, this may be harder for us right now because, you know, as we grow older, it's harder to find communities to get plugged in. Would you agree? Like, like where else do you really meet people, right? Besides work or, I don't know, like, where else do you meet people, right? Yeah, typically people, I guess, if they go to the gym, <laughs> that's probably one place which in my opinion it's not it's not a bad place to meet somebody um most people that go to bars or clubs which i don't think that's a positive environment to find uh, a <laughs> more serious relationship but it could happen but uh just to reiterate that what you're saying because me and you we, we pretty much have the same common uh, i guess beliefs and type of programs because we're both working on a course and it sounds like a lot of what we're saying is kind of a similar thing so for example you said it all starts with yourself it's undoing everything from your past it's undoing all the stuff that you feel like um has really left emotional scars or traumas on you it's undoing all those things so you can become a more better complete whole person because if you get into a relationship, and I say this all the time, I say if you get into a relationship, you're, and you have, if you haven't worked on yourself, you're bringing all your baggage from your past, and then you're getting into a relationship with someone who also has baggage, and together, it's just, everything becomes amplified, so it's a huge mess, so right. I feel like once you undo all those traumas and all those insecurities, which are a big one, um, you'll be able to attract a more quality partner. Yeah. So from there, once you know yourself, once you're self-aware, once you have that, that love and confidence in yourself and you know who you are, you get into a relationship. And like you said, you don't tolerate certain behaviors and you increase your chances for success in that relationship. So getting into a relationship, what skills do you think are essential for building a relationship? Because a lot of the problems that I see, it's when people get into a relationship, it's, it's always good in the beginning. Yes, it's a, of course. That only lasts for like three to three to six months at yes. most. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the real problems start. But I think the real problems start because people don't really know who they're going out with. They kind of jump into a relationship. Like you said, they don't know what they want. They just go off of the basic factors like I like you and I find you attractive. So let's go out. And when you set up your, set up your relationship with only those two basic factors and you don't really know the person you're going with, you're going to end up finding out who they really are after that whole honeymoon phase is over, after the whole newness, the whole novelty of that relationship is over. I mean, that, that whole part of it is over. And then you can find out who they really are. And then that's when the problems come. Right, right. So it's in that part where the problems come after the newness wears off that a lot of people, they end up arguing way too much and then they end up breaking up and then they repeat the process with the next person and the next person and the next person. So right. It's in those hard times, what do you think people need to get through those hard times, get through that, that when the honeymoon phase is starting to wear off? What, do you, what skills do you think are important during that time to help someone keep building that relationship? Well, he, here's the thing. Um, thanks for asking that, because I do believe I have a quote that I really stand by. And um, it's it's uh, rather than actively looking for your soulmate, it is more important to develop relations, relationship skills. Because once the skill is mastered, you'll be ready to be in a relationship and you will have the wisdom to consciously attract the love of your life. I do believe it's, you know, it's kind of like we're not taught relationship skills at school. So it's kind of like we just go out there and just start dating, right? And it's kind of like trial and error. Unless you have uh, parents who like showed you what love is, it's kind of like, you're just on your own to learn about how to date or how to find a partner. So for relationship skills, you know, you said that, yeah, in the, in the six months after a year, it's like the honeymoon phase definitely goes away. And then you see your partner's true colors. 
at that point, it's, it's one year where couples really either they break up or they stay together at one year. Because, you know, you kind of really see your partner, you see their quirks and you see all their patterns and behaviors and you really get to know them at that point. Um, but I do believe number one is creating a self-awareness. And then number two once you pass that honeymoon phase, you you both as a couple have to decide, do you desire to be together? Do you want to be together? Is Do you love each other that you want to be together? You really have to decide, like, is this something that you both want? Because if it is something, if the love is there, if that unconditional love is there, no matter what happens, you know, because it's inevitable, things are going to happen in life, you're going to go through problems, you're going to fight, things, things are going to change. But if you both decide that you want to be together, and you love each other so much, then you'll put in the work and the effort to make it work, putting in that time. And what I really encourage couples is learning what I call is wholehearted understanding, really understanding your partner, kind of like you go to school, you study a subject. Well, it's the same thing, understanding your partner, like knowing what their needs are, understanding what their needs are, understanding who they are as a person, understanding what makes them happy, understanding why they do what they do. Here's a big one is understanding where they came from, understanding their past, you know, understanding whatever they went through in the past, because you can have so much more compassion on your partner when you understand what they've been through. You know, sometimes when couples fight, when an individual reacts to a partner, it's just a mirror of an insecurity they have, or it's a mirror of the pain they had in the past. You know, they're just scared. So the, Tony talks about it when you fight. It's like never question the the person, question the behavior. So if you understand your partner, you can really, even when they're mean to you, even when they say something to you, you can come from a place of understanding. Maybe, hey, maybe she's hurt. Maybe she's just, in, she's scared. And then when you have that, you can have compassion. You really can be there for your partner mm-hmm. in times when it's really hard. And I think that's another common problem, isn't it? It's more where we don't take the time to understand the other person. It's kind of more of, like we discussed yesterday, is we have a picture in our mind already of how we want the relationship to go, of how we want to be treated, of how we want our partner to act with us. It's those un- uh, uncommunicated expectations that we have. And whenever those expectations that we have, that we haven't communicated with our partner, aren't met, that's when usually arguments start happening. So I think from the beginning, it's important to set up that foundation with the habits that you want to incorporate throughout the uh, whole life of your relationship. So for example, if you want a happy uh, relationship where you travel and work out together, start doing mm-hmm. that Start doing that in the very beginning when y'all get together. Because by the time the honeymoon phase wears off, that you'll still have that habit going on, you'll have that routine going on. So instill in the beginning those habits and that pattern that you want. And that will help a lot in my opinion. Right. Wait, well, that goes that goes back to real like like you need to know what you want, right? So, like you said, if you if you desire a partner that you want to go travel and work out with, but you met a girl who does not like that, even though you like her and you're really attracted to her, you know, it's not that you would know. Yeah, it's compromise. So it doesn't matter how much you like her, but you have to think of the end goal as well. Like, are we going to be a good fit? Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want to try to change the other person. Right. And and you have to have those um commonalities. And and that's the third that's the third thing that keeps a relationship together. So number one, like we discussed yesterday, is self awareness. 
you know, and then the desire, wanting to stay together, because if you do want to be together, you'll put in the effort, put in the work and do whatever it takes to make it work. And then number three is compatibility. You got to have, you got to share common, like common interests and common things that you like to do together, because then you'll get bored. Like, then what's the point of hanging out if you don't really enjoy doing things together, you know, but you also have to have differences like we discussed yesterday as well. It's the differences that create the passion, but you have to have something that brings you together, something that you both love to do. I do believe that a great relationship is a mixture of best friend and lovers. Um, Because if if your partner is your best friend, like, you know, you have best friends going up. We don't really lose our best friends. They kind of become our best friends throughout the years. You know, they're there for us. And if you have that kind of relationship with your partner, it's going to be long lasting because you have fun together. You laugh together. You do things together. Like you said, if you want to travel the world and, and that's something you guys love to do, then yeah, that's going to bring you together. It's going to keep you together for a long time. Yeah. And speaking of that, so another common thing that I see is it goes back to what you said about the dating app and social media and everything else because I think what the problem with our generation and I've spoken to this before it's I think we want everything too fast we don't Mm. know how to work hard for things anymore like the second we have to put in any type of work it's kind of like okay I should have it more easier than this because we're used to getting everything like a push of a button we're used to getting like food delivered to us over our app you know, if we need a ride, we just right. call Uber and Lyft. And if we need an answer, we just Google. So I really feel like technology has taken away a lot of the substance of that hard work and commitment. And because th- this wasn't really a problem with our, I believe, grandparents or parents' generation even. Because they didn't have the internet. They actually had to make things work together. And I feel like today, people feel like they're more, well, if this doesn't work out, I can easily replace you with someone else. So I can just swipe right to the next person and then go out with this person. And so we lose that uh just that that drive for putting in work that desire to build something that is actually worth that can stand like the test of time that can actually make things last so another thing that i see is people keep getting involved with people who have no intention to really commit and they try to change mm-hmm. i see right. i see this in both men and women so for example we always have that common saying like women always go after the douchebags or the guys who really don't care you know and the problem that i see with that is that these guys obviously because I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been the guy who really doesn't care, the guy who just wants to have fun, the guy who wants to, you know, just have sex and whatever it is. And I've also been the guy who wants to settle down and whatever else and everything in between. And I've seen girls, like good girls, they go out with these guys, they choose these guys who don't have any intention of settling down. They don't want to be in a actual relationship. That's why um, after a few months, they end up getting bored. The guy ends up breaking up with them. The girl just stays hooked onto them and she doesn't, leave and so that's one problem and then i see people just keep getting damaged by these type of relationships and it's it's the same thing with guys they go after these girls who just they're attractive but a lot of them don't really have that personality like they have an entitlement personality and just they're not really pleasant people to be around and we keep going after that as guys and we wonder why our relationships don't work so that's another thing that i've seen um what are some common problems that you see that women have with men a woman have with men. Well, I mean, just going back to what you were saying, why do good girls go for the douchebags? There's actually, I don't know if you've heard of the Imago Theory by Harville Hendricks and um, by Helen Hunt. Imago Theory 
Imago theory states that we're attracted to people who resemble our caretakers growing up. So if, you, if you're a girl and you, you had an abusive father, you are attracted to guys who are like that. Um, you're attracted. And then there's also a second part to the Imago theory. That's why even though, you know, sometimes you consciously know like, oh, I shouldn't date this guy because he's a douchebag. Subconsciously, that's what their Imago theory comes from is we, we're trying to recreate that environment that we had as children of our caretakers. And so that's why we're attracted to certain people with certain traits, even though consciously we can think like, oh, this is not a good fit. But our subconscious is like, no, this is safe. This is what I know. This is the kind of caretakers I have. That's why like in your childhood, that what you learned in childhood really affects how you date in your adult life. And also the reason why, like you said again, like why are good girls attracted to douchebags is because the Magathir also states that we are attracted to people who have, who kind of feel that lost self. So the lost self talks about like, let's say the girl is an introvert because he said she's a good girl. Well, this guy is an extrovert. He's bad. He's like daring. He likes to do crazy things. Well, she's attracted to that guy because that's her lost self. She doesn't possess those qualities. And it's so exciting to be with someone like that. So that that's why sometimes it's really just the subconscious that's really making people date people who are not necessarily good for them. Sometimes it's not out of choice. It's just our subconscious, you know, our, our programming that makes us kind of choose these partners and it's the same thing like you said like why do people break up and then get with someone and repeat the same pattern it's the same as that until you get to the root of the issue and really you know heal from from whatever it is that you went through in the past and really understand yourself and really process those emotions and those feelings um you're then you can move forward and attract better relationships do you think some of that is uh, in our basic biology as well? Because we were, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, as much as we push for equality and all the progress that has been made, attraction really hasn't seemed to change in the past thousands of years. So right. women do always seem to go for the guy who can provide more, has more resources, has more strength, or they feel protected from this guy. So usually that is the guy who can get uh, as many, he has his pick of whatever woman he wants to. So in the, in the typical guy's mind, it's like, well, why would I want to just, you know, settle down with one woman when I can have all these other women? So do you think biology plays like a certain part of that too or no? Yeah, definitely. You know, men have, it's an evolutionary standpoint, men are, they want to be with multiple partners. That's just kind of because they're trying to create, they're trying to create, you know, procreate. Mm -hmm. And um, women are, you know, caretakers. Yeah, I think biology does play a big part. Women want to ha to bear children naturally. You know, that's what we want. We want to bring life into this world. And we want to find partners that are good fit to be the ones to, to take care of our children. So there's something I want to ask you. And I'm curious because I've asked this to several women before. And um, what is the problem women have when they're looking for a potential partner or uh, a relationship? What are the common problems that women have? I think what women struggle with regarding relationships or finding a man is I think I just, it seems like men these days don't want to commit. They don't want to stay with one person. And like they, they just want to be free and they want to just go out and be with many women. 
our relationship in the in, in our time and age has gotten a little bit more complex if you understand what i'm saying like you know now there's like open relationships you know like bisexual relationships there's just many dynamics of relationships now so like even for women sometimes like we we don't know are are they gay are they bisexual even even just the gender differences you know what i mean it's hard for women and then also just that men i see a lot of men just having a hard time committing staying with one person because i i feel like a lot of men don't want to settle down yet so for us women it's kind of like we don't want to play games we want to find someone and and i think for women we're more like we just want to be with one person you know that's our natural desire as as a woman to find uh, a man who will bear the children and then you know, will be the caretaker. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're trying to find men who want to commit and settle down. But a lot of guys nowadays just want to be bachelors and they want to go out and, and be with a lot of women. I think, because I, I had a discussion with another friend of mine that I did a, a podcast episode on. And we were saying that men are just confused right now. We don't know what mm-hmm. women want anymore. We don't know when to approach, how to approach, because women have set up so many rules in the name of equality. It's like, and plus you see a lot of things on Facebook, like uh, a lot of women will complain about like, oh, why can't men just leave us alone when we're just trying to have a coffee or whatever it is. It's like you see this constant that so many times and men are like, okay, well, okay, I guess I won't approach you. But then when men don't approach a woman, like, in my in my opinion, for what I've seen, if a woman who is attractive, she does her makeup, she goes out, she's single, and she wants a boyfriend, and then no no guy is attracting her, that, no guy is trying to talk to her. How does that make her feel? If she, oh. yeah, so it, it's men are kind of scared. They're kind of in the sense of like, well, when do I approach? Because it used to be so simple, but now it's like, especially with uh, the Me Too movement, which has been a positive thing, but also has been has had negative side effects. So. So, for example, like, if you go to the bar and you try to just hook up with the girl, um, we're kind of scared, like, well, what if she gets drunk and we get drunk, which used to be just a common hookup. Now it's like, well, the woman could say whatever she wants because she couldn't consent because she was under the influence. And so a lot of men are seeing that and we're like, well, I don't want to be put in that position. And then and, right. and then also when it comes to marriage and, and uh, like, for example, there's one reason that just came out. It was uh, Dr. Dre and his wife. Have you seen that? No. Okay, so she is asking for, uh, I believe it's uh, two million, two million dollars a month in alimony from that divorce. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> she, lists, <laughs> she lists her expenses. It was like, uh, it was like, like, uh, was it fifty thousand dollars to wash clothes for laundry? That's what she said. It was like nine hundred. What? Yeah, for entertainment purposes, and it, it was just, the, the, it was just so crazy to see. And men see a bunch of things like this. So we see, like, when the court gets involved in marriages, I believe that's when just it, it messes up everything. Especially for men, like we don't want to lose our money. We don't want to lose things. We, right. we don't want to lose our kids. Because if you go to court, right. a lot of times the woman just automatically takes, you know, the child, the children, and the man just kind of left. Like he just kind of has to accept well, it. Well, speaking of that, um, you know, I do now believe in prenups. I don't know how you feel about prenups. Yes, I think every guy should get prenups. Um, yes, and it's not just guys. You know, women. You you know. Women have their money too. <laughs> yeah. um, before, I used to look really negatively about prenups. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that, you know, I kind of take care of myself and I make my own money, 
I really thought about it. It's not people look down upon prenups like, oh, it's kind of like you're already expecting that you would get divorced in the future. And and I used to look at that. And, and my boyfriend asked me, like, if we get married, can we have a prenup? And I was kind of offended. I was like, how can you how can you say that? Like, how can you ask me mm-hmm. to have a prenup? Do you not trust me? But the more that that I researched and then like really thought about it, it's it's not that you don't have that trust between each other. It's just like things change, you know, things will change over time and we can't really, we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't. So it's kind of just like having that in place will make it easier for both of you. Yeah. And you know, it's pretty sad that it's coming back because it shouldn't be, have to come back, but really I think it is for the best, especially in, right. in this time. Um, what are some things you think that women should look for in a man? Like what says like, Hey, this is the guy that, I should be with this is the guy that um that maybe I should think about having a future with. I believe honesty. Honesty is everything. Because I mean this is just my personal experience. The reason why I really fell in love with my boyfriend now is because in the beginning of our relationship, he showed signs that he wouldn't lie or he wouldn't be deceitful. And he showed that he was always honest in whatever he did, you know, whether it was with work or being honest with my parents, he didn't want to lie. That was, that was just a big, like, wow, this guy, if he can be honest in every area of his life, I know that I can trust him. I know that he can be honest with me. I know that if I said something and if I needed to hear something, he would be honest with me. Because if you're honest with each other, you create that trust. And when you have that trust, it's like nothing can break you. Because even if you're apart, my boyfriend lives in Europe. He's in Europe right now. We've been doing long distance for three and a half years. And I trust him. I I know, like, I know all my heart with 100% that he would never cheat on me. And I wouldn't do the same because of that honesty. It's built trust. And because we trust each other so much, we know that there's love there. And and we would never do anything to destroy that trust, and that love. And we're completely honest with each other. Mm-hmm. And then the honesty, like we talked about yesterday, when you're honest with each other, you have that safe space. You allow that safe space to be open and to be vulnerable with each other. You know, and, and that's vulnerability is being honest with yourself, being honest with your partner. How, so that, uh-huh. how hard do you think that is to create a relationship where it's like complete like 100 percent honesty no matter like how brutal it is or how uh how it can affect the other person like as long as they're being like how do you think it's easy to build that or do you think you should just you could find somebody because no so it is not easy (laughs) let me tell you we had to work on it. It was not always easy. In the first year of our relationships, we were just trying to get to know ourselves, get to know each other. And it's a skill. Honesty and being open with each other, vulnerability, I believe is a skill. You have to work on it within yourself. And then together as a couple, you have to grow together because if something's not growing, it's dying. So if you're not constantly working on yourself, being in touch with yourself, being centered, knowing yourself, being honest with yourself. And that that's harder for you to be honest with your partner. So it's when both parties work on themselves and really put in the effort to be honest 
and like putting away ego and being honest and really telling them how you feel, telling them, you know, what your needs are, mm-hmm. you know, that, that takes work, you know, cause it's hard like to tell them like, Hey, this is how I feel about something. But it's also when creating that safe space, you have to learn emotional regulation. You need to learn to regulate your emotions. Yeah. Like how, like if you're reactive, how do you, to react to certain things and and being when your partner tells you something and being honest with you to develop the skill of okay i'm gonna listen i'm gonna try to understand where my partner is coming from before i judge or criticize or say something negative or just not care about what she says Mm -hmm. so you really have to develop that skill of like if if your partner is coming to you and, and is being honest with you that you op- you're open and you just listen because if you if you start criticizing if you start turning down what they say you can, you're gonna build that in them to the point that they can never be honest with you yes. and they just they, they just would feel like oh I don't need to tell him he's just gonna brush it off he's not gonna listen so it's like like you said communication skills that's a part of communication is that what, what women feel when they feel like they're, they're trying to be honest with their man? Like, what, and what is it like women feel that they can't? Like, for example, because um, I had that problem, and I didn't realize at the time where it came from. I There was a girl that I was dating, and she supposedly would tell me that she wanted me to be honest with her. But the problem was, I didn't realize it goes back to the parents. Like, I never felt mm. like I could really be honest with my parents, because every time I tried to say something, it was usually like uh, my mom or dad would shut it down. And right, every time right. I try to say what I was feeling, they would take it as, oh, you're being disrespectful. Like, why are you talking like that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that taught me, like, to just keep my mouth closed and then to lie because, right. like, especially when you get into relationships for guys, one thing that we kind of start worrying about or start seeing is sometimes when we do, it's as you said, like, when we are honest with the person that we're dating, the girl has a negative response to it or she'll be upset or get mad and then we're like, you see, that's why I didn't want to tell you this. <laughs> so it does go back to what you said about, you know, regulating your emotions and having more control. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if you, if you don't, you're pretty much teaching them, hey, don't uh, don't tell me what you're really feeling because I'm going to react a certain way that will shut you down and put it, you know, into a negative thing. So that, that's definitely a good thing. But communication differences between men and women, we were talking about this uh, a couple of times ago that we talked. And in, in the style that men communicate and the way that women communicate, like what are some of those differences? So, for example, um, I believe you were telling me about uh, experiences with that you had with your boyfriend and you wanted him to open up about a certain topic. And he was just like giving you the typical guy answers like, oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, what is what is the communication differences between men and women? OK, so here's one of the big ones. And I, uh, this is from experience as well is when when we women are going through something we're having a hard day and we just want to cry we do not want mr problem solver we do not want you to fix the problem we want you to be there and just comfort us and just be there for us or your presence you know we don't want solutions at that point we want to be heard we want to be loved we want to be held we want to be told everything's going to be okay you know, just just for the males to just be there for their women when things get hard. And and then later, when, you know, when we've been kind of more emotionally stable, then yeah, then come up to her and be like, hey, I think this is how you can fix this problem or this is how, you know, and then you can kind of offer more solutions. 
I always thought it was funny because that was a problem that I think every person, every couple has had in the history of couples. It's it's always a man trying to fix it. And this, this is a common thing because I always heard this too when I was trying to talk to or have an argument with my girlfriends in the past. They would always like talk about something and they were obviously distressed about it. And I mm-hmm. would start saying something like, as you said, trying to fix it. Well, I said, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you just go with that? And right. <laughs> <laughs> And she would, she would say, like, why aren't you listening to me? And I'm like, I'm listening right. to you. What are you talking about? So I hate well, hearing that, but I will say to, to the guys. So something simple, I think, is a good fix for this. Is just ask for the guys. Just ask your girl, like, so are you looking for solutions or do you, do you want me to listen? Right. So, I mean, if it's, it goes back to biology of um, men and women, right? If from the book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus from, by John Gray. He talks about like males, when there's a problem, you get to work. You don't really think about it. You just try to fix it. You fix it right away. For women, when we're going through problems, we're more community oriented. That's why when, when we're having a problem, what do girls do first? We call our best friends, right? We call our girlfriends like, oh my gosh, this happened today. Like we just want to be heard. Um, so just women. So Tony talks about it. When your woman is having a bad day, just, just listen. Just, you don't have to say anything. Sometimes we really just want you to listen and just be there and hug us and be like, it's okay. You know? Yeah, I will say to women to be patient with your man. If you like, if he's trying to understand you, to be patient. Like, right. acknowledge that he's at least trying to because it is a really difficult skill for a man to just keep his mouth shut and just, like, as, as, as easy as you think that would be. Like, it's just something in us. It's like, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just... And plus, not only that, it's kind of like to stay constantly in that presence with you, to stay, like, completely focused on you and what you're saying. Because a lot of the times, uh, women, they'll say, like, 10,000 words, and by, like, the, <laughs> by, like, the 20th word, man, man, man's mind just goes blank. <laughs> so it, it does take some developing. So uh, I'll say to the women, like, if you see, uh, talk to your man about this. Um, right. so just listen and acknowledge when he does try because the more you acknowledge like hey you know thank you for listening thank you for doing that men, men thrive right. yeah, men thrive off of that We're right like, oh, okay she, so this makes her happy so let me give her more of this right uh another thing i see is just really being mature yeah you know having that maturity to be like and this also is a big deal why you need to learn emotional regulations and get over your insecurities and your fears like really healing first, because when you get into the relationship, the number one thing I think uh, couples need to work on is conflict resolution. Like they need to learn how to fight. I actually talk about that in my course, how to fight, you know, like, like, I don't even want to call it fighting. I have, it's funny. I just thought about it. I have a patient who's been married for I think like almost 50 years. And I said, what's the secret? And he's like, you know, never go to bed angry. And he's like, oh, one more thing. We never fight. We just have a friendly discussion. <laughs> and that really hit me. I was like, wow, a friendly discussion. You don't have arguments. You have a friendly discussion. It's when two couple, it's when two individuals can really be mature enough to sit down and let their feelings and be honest and be like, and really just try to resolve the problem and get to the root of the issue. Because a lot of our problems, are, they're called um, safe problems. So there's a deeper meaning of why you fight, but sometimes you kind of blame it on the little stuff, mm-hmm. right? Kind of builds, it builds up and then you start getting these little quirks and you start getting fighting about little stuff. 
but you're not fighting about the little stuff. There's something way beneath that. There's a root problem that hasn't been addressed. So it's really about like both individuals coming together, sitting down and me like my boyfriend have had to do this and it's hard because it's like, oh man, I got to give a part of myself. I have to be honest and it's scary. And I just, it's your ego. You just want to be right all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But the maturity comes where if you really love your partner, it's not about being right. That's another thing that my patient who's been together for like 30 years said, it's not about being right. It's about love. Sometimes you have to swallow your ego and be like, hey, babe, I'm sorry. Because when, when one of you kind of softens up, the other will soften up too. It's when you keep pushing and you're going to keep butting heads. So at some point, someone has to give in and just and really think about like, man, I love this person. I really love our relationship. I don't want to lose her. I'd rather be wrong and, and just be like, hey, let's, let's fix this. You know, and it's hard, it's hard and it's coming to, but that also comes with the emotional maturity to be able to admit that, you know, you, you can, you're wrong and that you want to fix the relationship. Can women admit when they're wrong? <laughs> it's hard. I, I personally struggle with that. I do not like to be wrong. What? Why? But, what is that? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know if it's a biological thing, but it's. It's also pride, maybe, like you just want to be right. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was thinking back to all the girlfriends I've had, and I really don't remember them ever saying that I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like like they'll do things to kind of imply they were wrong, or they'll try to like maybe fix the behavior or something, but the, right, those right. words have never came out of their mouth before. <laughs> I just thought about that, so... Uh, no, it's funny because you should talk to my boyfriend. I, I struggle with this, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Um, uh, you want to think of it real quick? Because um, I, I know women are typically more emotional. And they, right. And so when they have an emotion, they feel like because they feel something, they think that it's right. Uh, so when they go to another emotion, so whether it's they're angry right now and then all of a sudden they're happy, it's just they're they're 100% in that emotion and in that moment. Right. Well, there's actually like a scientific um, reason for that. Whenever we get angry, we get triggered or we're in these negative emotions, what ends up happening is our frontal brain, which is the executive brain, which is in charge of planning, organizing, problem solving, conflict resolution, it shuts off. Mm-hmm. And then what starts firing is your amygdala, which is the emotional center of your brain. So at that point, when a woman's angry, she can't actually, and I think the amygdala is way bigger for women. So that's why we're more emotional. So what happens is, let's say I'm fighting with my boyfriend. I'm angry. I'm really mad. My frontal brain, the one that's designed for problem solving and rationality, shuts off. And now I'm full in my emotion. Like, I can't even think clearly. Like, I may think like, oh, this doesn't make sense, but I'm so caught up in my emotion that I can't even be like, I'm wrong. Like, I just, you're just angry. And so you express that anger, that sadness, that pain, and you can't, you can't make sense of it. And it's not rational. That's why you guys say like, sometimes why are women so irrational? That's why. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. 
Uh, there is something else I wanted to say too about uh, communication differences and how we handle them. And since you said you, you read the book, Men Are From Mars, right? Men, Women Are From Mars. Mm -hmm. So right. uh, it's the one about men going in their cave, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did want to talk about that for everyone yeah. Yeah, listening. It's because I've, I've had this happen several times before. So when there's a uh, problem happening or when a man comes home, home, home from work and he's already stressed and stuff, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to say whatever bothers us. We just kind of want to be like, that's why you'll see us go to the TV or we'll go to our, you know, play games or whatever it is. And we just kind of want to be left alone. But a lot of the times women will start coming into that space and then they'll be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? Or what is like, what? Right. And that, mm -hmm. that is the worst time to try to talk to a man because it, it like, that's when he processes. Like a lot of women, they just see a guy on the TV. You're like, what's wrong with you? Like, why isn't he talking? Why, why is it? He's just, he's just there. He doesn't care about my problems or, you know, trying to work together or anything. So I think it's good for women to know that, you know, if a man wants to come home and he's not talking to you or whatever it is, he's actually just processing the things that happened for that day or you know, right. how he feels better. And once he comes out, he's like, that's when uh, he's already processed things. He's willing to talk to you more about things. Um, usually that may take two, three, four days, however long it takes, but we do end up, it's like our mind is thinking about these things in the background and putting everything together. So when we come out of our cave, that's when we're like, okay, right. I can, I can talk to you now. I can whatever. So I want women, uh, to know, like, just give your guy that space. And according to his book, the more you do that for the guy, the less he goes into his cave as well. So that actually works out for both men and women. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, even from experience, that's very true that men need their space. And it's kind of like a rubber band effect, right? So the more that you give space to a man, the more that he actually will come closer to you. Yeah. You know, I think men kind of have the idea, like, is it true or not that you want to miss your partner? Like, and you just like your time apart? Would you say that's true? It's more like, we just want our time apart. That's like, for uh, okay. yeah, because having our time apart, it allows us to actually like love you better in my opinion. Right. Because if you give us that time, like I know so, so many relationships with so many women, they think they need to constantly be around their man. They need to constantly yeah. do things with their man. They need to hang out with, with, you know, the guy and his friends whenever they're hanging out. And it's like, hold on, wait, wait, just, you know, just back up a little bit, you know, just give the guy his space when he needs it. And giving him that space, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to be with you. It doesn't mean he's not even thinking of you. But, mm -hmm. But just giving him that space alone, it makes us feel, right. yeah, it's just something like, just a way for us to decompress, just, uh, you know, get our, you know, just, just talk with the guys or whatever it is that we do. But here's the thing, why, why I think, I just feel like a lot of people are just not educated on relationships, especially intimate relationships. Because the more that I've studied relationship, I realize the better my relationship with my boyfriend has been because now I understand. You know, like, you cannot fix something you don't understand. You cannot improve something you don't fully understand, mm -hmm. right? So if, if, like, if people just understood how men work, like, if women understood how men work and women and men understood how women work, wouldn't you think there would be a better, you know, harmony, like, it, it would flow better because you would come from an understanding, like you said, like I didn't know that before that men really like their space. I was just thinking of myself like, oh, I just want to hang out with you. But when I understood that, hey, men need time apart, not because, not because they want to be away from you, but because they need to just recharge, you know, they need that time alone. 
it doesn't mean that they don't want to be with you or they're trying to abandon you. Um, when I understood that, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's why. And so when I understood that principle of really men need their time alone, I, I didn't take it personal. I wasn't taking it like, oh, he doesn't want to be with me or he loves me less or whatever. I understood that he needs that as a man. He needs that. And now it's easier for me to be like, when he says, hey, I need to, I, I need to think. I understand it's not about me. It's really just how men are. Right. So it's easier. It's easier for me to be like, okay, honey, go ahead. Take your time because I understand when he's done with whatever, with his time alone, he'll come back to me even better than he was, you know? Right. So it's just that understanding. And even for John Gray talks about men are from Mars and are from Venus. Women are like waves, you know? We have our emotions that go up and down. And if you guys just understand that's, that's how we are, it's not like we're trying to be vicious and mean. You have to understand, you know, we go through hormones and we go through things. You have a lot of emotion. You just understand for male, men to understand that that's just how women are. But it's beautiful. It, men should see that as beautiful because we have more of that feminine essence. We have that emotion. We, we bring a lot of love and nurturing and caring. Yeah, that is a really tricky part, isn't it? It's just trying to get that 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 harmony, that balance together. But when you can manage it in a relationship, it makes the relationship so much better. Because all the guys and girls that I've seen in healthy, successful, happy marriages and relationships, you just see the man has just you know he has so much energy. He has so much like uh, he like loves life a lot more when he's with the right woman. And you just see right. the woman glowing from you know that relationship. But it definitely does take some time to get to that point. Um, there's something that, that he did say in his book, which I thought was uh, pretty accurate, which relates to this. It was, um, women uh, want men to communicate in the way that they do. And men are constantly, uh, they're confusing what women want at all. Because if we knew what women want, we would just give it to them. But it's so often we don't really know what they want. And uh, women kind of drop clues and hints and all this sort of stuff. And right. we don't, we're not really good at reading those hints and all those clues that women are dropping. But um, I did want to ask a, a very important question, too. It was, at what point should a person leave a relationship, do you think? Oh, when should they leave a relationship? Yeah. Oh, that's a tricky one. I, I'm still trying to do a lot of deep diving into that, like, as an individual or together as a couple, like, decide to break up. Okay, let's say, for it's pretty little concepts. Um, let's say someone's been together for a year and a half, uh, going on close to two years. And they argue almost every day about whatever it is. They just can't seem to get along. They just uh, can't seem to work things out no matter what they do. Uh, at what point do you think you should leave? Before it even gets to that point or when you start, uh, what exactly do you think is a good time to leave? Let's say a woman, think, a woman to leave. We'll go with that one. Okay. This is my thoughts about that. If you believe and you just really don't, if you lose that desire to be with that person, mm -hmm. right? Um, because like I said, if you if you really love this person and you want to be with this person, you're going to take the actions necessary to make it work. So it really comes down to clarity um, and understanding, is this man the man that I want to be with? Does this man possess the qualities and values and beliefs? Does this man like fit the vision I have for my future relationship? As a woman, if I see that my partner is really not trying, you know, is not putting in the effort, because if you love something 
and you want something, you'll do whatever it takes to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I really feel like my partner is not doing their best or is not trying to make this relationship work. And, and also, it, you know, people change over time. That's also another thing you have to keep in mind. Even though you love each other, you know, you change a lot in a year. You know, you change, you change your likes and your desires, your visions, your career. A lot of things happen in a year. So if you feel like your end goal, your mission in life and like your vision of a relationship and you guys are drifting apart and you, you're becoming two separate people and, and there's a point where you, even though you love each other and you can't compromise, you can't come to the middle. And, and, and if you're not fulfilled, if you're unhappy, then that's when I believe that it's time to let go. I would say... It's, this is why it's important. I call it in my uh, book that I'm writing, I call it the non-negotiables. It's already important before you get into a relationship. Like if he does this, if, if she does this, if she does this, I'm out. That's it. Like right. no chance, mm-hmm. no whatever. That doesn't mean be strict on everything. Like if he doesn't clean his dishes up once, like I'm out of right. <laughs> it, it just means like, what will you, what are you not willing to tolerate at all? Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's good to know those before you get into a relationship. So that way, and tell that person too upfront, like, hey, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, I'm out. And so that way, right. they, you know. And so if they do it, it's kind of like you, it's on your your part. You, you need to have the courage to leave that relationship. So for the right. people who already are in relationships, I believe that you should have a talk. If you are going through like that one year when you're constantly arguing all the time, I think of it like a house. So mm-hmm. if your house is set up like on an already messed up foundation, like let's say you didn't really get to know each other, you just kind of hopped into something and then you're kind of just, you have no clue where you're building, what type of house you want to build or whatever it is, you know, together. If your foundation is, is messed up, that's where everything else kind of mm-hmm. starts falling apart from there. So I think of it like uh, for someone who's been in a relationship for two years, like their house is all messed up, like all the plumbing's wrong, all this is correct, like you just you messed up the whole entire house. So... I think people need to step back. I think they actually should spend a little bit of time apart from each other. And then think, mm-hmm. and then think about what type of relationship you want to have from that point on. And then after that, it's kind of like y'all coming together and talk. And then it comes down to are y'all both willing to keep putting in the work to go in a right. direction of that vision that y'all want to have for y'all's relationship. And if y'all aren't willing, because I've seen it so many times where it's always one person. Uh, in the beginning, obviously, it's, it's more equal. People put in, you know, equal amount of work to get the relationship going. But over time, it always happens like one person's doing more work than the other. And, you know, if at any time that that starts happening, then I think it's good to have a talk. And if they still don't um, want to put any work, then it's time to leave. Because I've seen it so many times, people stay in relationships way much longer just because they invested much time and this and whatever it is. And they start getting more history together. They start having more moments together. And they, they start thinking about like, well, maybe it's not the best relationship, but maybe it'll change. I hope it'll change. And I always tell people, if your relationship is based in hope, you need to leave because you don't want a relationship based on hope. Well, it's just really going back to yourself and really coming back to your and, and really searching in there. Like, is this the relationship that I dreamed about? Is this the relationship that I want? Is this is this the kind of man I want to marry or woman I want to be with for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's really coming to those terms and being honest with yourself. And I know it hurts. It's, it's a lot. So a part of the reason why women don't leave is just because it's comfortable. It's safe. You know, they're kind of just afraid to go back out there alone. And it's also that fear of being alone or, or fear of if I leave this person, what if they find someone else and I regret it? It's all these what ifs, right? Right. But it's just like coming and just really evaluating. But some people have a pushing point, right? Like what to the point where like, okay, I'm going to leave you. It's over. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't always have to come to that. Like, it's just, it really comes down to self-awareness. If you know what you want out of your life, if you are goal oriented, if you know what it is that you've always dreamed of in a relationship, in a man, if like you said, if they don't, if they break those non-negotiables or they have those non-negotiables, then it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe this is not the right person for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll understand that this is not the right person for me because they don't meet the requirements. And here's another thing I just is setting high standards for yourself, not too high and not too like, you don't have to be so picky about little things, but just, just really having standards. Like what kind of person am I going to date? Do they possess these qualities? that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? Yeah, she brought up standards. Um, because I have noticed that there are quite a lot of women, they have such high standards. But as a man, I've seen they're not, they don't have that much to offer in return. It's like these girls, they just have their looks and pretty much just sex. And they start demanding, because they, they obviously the girls who are attracted, they get guys to buy stuff for them. And they get guys to pay for this or pay for that. Or I know some girls, they get guys to, to pay for their travel, you know, across the country even sometimes. And oh, wow. and so they start expecting, like, you know, if that relationship doesn't work, they expect their next partner to be like, well, I was just with this, so I don't want to date down from that. So I want these hot, you know, I want the same thing, just with a different partner. And then everything else that I was missing, I want it in the next person. So... Right. Well, I was talking more about, like, how you are treated, right? So, like, so example, like, standards of... I want my man to be honest. It's more like kind of those positive values, like standards of I want this person to be hardworking. Mm-hmm. You know, I want this person to be honest and um, to do what's right. I want this person to, you know, to be a good listener, to be supportive, to be, you know, positive, to be encouraging and not the opposite is what I mean. So if they treat you as the opposite, then that's not meeting your standards of how you should be treated. Um, so the last thing I did want to, want to bring up, and then we'll do like a quick recap and we'll wrap it up. It was, um, how do you deal with a breakup, in your opinion? What What is your method, if, if you have one? If it comes to that point and y'all are breaking up, how do you deal with it? Oh, I've been through some breakups. and <laughs> yes. It is painful. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, when I went through my breakup, I was going to marry this guy. Everything was set. And um, at that point, I went through depression for a while, actually. I went through a few months of depression where I couldn't get out of bed. And it was, I wasn't even eating. And my friends had to come over, make sure I was eating and drinking water. It's pretty bad. It can be, it can be, you know, it's kind of, it's actually described as if you're actually having a real heart attack. You know, like you actually exhibit physical symptoms when you go through a breakup because it's a feeling of loss. Uh, yeah. I heard it was like withdrawal, drug withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so you do have physical symptoms, right? Yeah. 
And uh, at that point, you just really need to get in touch with yourself. I, I think if you're spiritual, like get in touch with, you know, the universe and be in touch with your higher self, doing a lot of meditating and reflecting, um, just having peace within yourself. Like the last partner I had, we never had closure up to this day, but it's just forgiving, just letting go, forgiving. And, and then, you know, healing, just slowly healing and finding yourself again. What happens when you break up is you've lost a big part of yourself. You know, you realize like you didn't used to do the things you used to do, you know, or used to love. And it's about finding yourself again and getting in touch with yourself, like doing the things you used to love to do activities or hobbies and just keeping busy and really doing those affirmations like, it's hard when you go through a breakup, your self-worth kind of goes down and you kind of blame and you may ask yourself, what's wrong with me? Why did you leave me? Why, what went wrong? And it's our tendency to kind of put blame on ourselves and then we feel kind of low at that point. So really just trying to bring yourself up and um, uh, just doing affirmations. I am, I am enough, you know, saying stuff like that. I am enough. I am loved. I'm beautiful. You know, just doing those things that you don't, go down the rabbit hole of negativity and also reflection. I do recommend like journaling, just reflecting on your feelings, just reflecting back on the relationship and what went wrong and knowing your worth again, just trying to build yourself up. And then also like just surrounding yourself with as much friends as possible, you know, and getting the support from your friends and family. Uh, no, my way of what I do and what I tell other people to do. What's something this is actually kinda of curious. I wonder if there's different coping methods for men and women that help them a little bit more better. Because right. um for myself and I, I tell other people to do this all the time, whenever I go through a breakup, I feel everything in like the next two, three days. I give myself, you know, just two, three days to feel absolutely everything. Like whether I'm angry, bitter, mad, upset hurt like I let it all just you know I don't try to block anything I don't try to put it away I let myself feel all that but also so usually there's always an end of the a relationship discussion right uh -huh. so I noticed a lot of people they'll kind of more argue and so what I started doing was um, I dropped ego and pride because I realized how how stupid that is to happen so what I'll end up doing is like you said sometimes people don't don't get that closure so I'll actually tell that person, like, there on the spot, like, we're having an end, end, of, uh, end of the relationship discussion, like, hey, this is how I thought about you, this is what I wanted, this is whatever, this is how I feel, this is everything. So that way, because a lot of people are like, I'm not doing that, I'm like, why would I want to give them mm -hmm. satisfaction if we're angry at each other and arguing, I don't want them to have that satisfaction. And I always tell them, like, it's not for them, it's for you. Right, right. Back in one month, usually a lot of people do this. They look back in one month and like, man, I should have said this, I should have said that, I should have said that. And that keeps the hurt going on longer. Right. So I drop my ego and pride and I always say everything. I lay it all down on the table and that way it's for myself and my own healing, not them. Right. And so that's one thing. The next thing is, like I said, I, I give, uh, I let myself feel everything for the next two, three days. Um, no more than three. Um, then after that, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let me start doing things. <laughs> Like, not that I'm healed either. It's just more of like I get in the gym. I start doing things. Like I make right. myself want to because the more you lay down in bed in your house and not, not doing anything, you're just making it harder because you're just alone with your thoughts. So Right. Well, I mean, 
I don't know. What would you say about this? I think they say that women take longer to heal. Yeah. But once, once they heal, they're fully healed. But men take shorter to heal, but they're not fully healed yet. Yeah, you see. And so they, uh, that's, so that's, that's, I read that somewhere in a book. I'm glad you said this because my big thing is always opposites. Whenever, like, a woman says this, like, there's always a way for it to be, like, in the male version, just the opposite. So, for example, uh-huh. um, it's like, okay, so women, they're more... Uh, they jump on emotions and they fall in love a bit more easier, in my opinion. Or they feel like, you know, they feel all this specialness and all this whatever in the beginning of a relationship a lot more faster than men do. In men, it takes a lot longer. But when we do, mm-hmm. when we do give you those emotions, like, we're, since we're not used to actually giving our emotions, a uh, majority of us, when we do give them, it's like you, we're giving you, a, like, a legit part of us. And a lot of the times, it just stays with you and it's, it's really hard on a man because we do a lot of okay, like so one thing I noticed is like when women are done, they're done in relationships. Like they're not going back. Yeah. yeah when they reach that point. When men, it, it takes a lot for a guy to be like 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 really done. Because even after a breakup, it could be a bad argument, it could be whatever. Like the man still six months to a year later or however long it is, he'll still like wonder about her and be like, hmm, I wonder what she's doing. Well, I mean I think it was kind of like what you went back to, right? Like you said, you take two, three days and you feel everything and you kind of just move forward. But but don't you think you would need a little bit more time to really heal? You know, so I feel like men kind of push it away for a while or like hide it in the back burner and, and kind of think they're okay. Or I know some men after a breakup, they go just be with a lot of women. That's just the way they cope, right? So, I would recommend that no. last one though because I, I have tried like there, there was a breakup that I had and it, it was probably the worst one that I've had that's really took a toll on me and I uh-huh. I tried doing that like because that was never really me I was never one of the guys to like just sleep with everything like I did like you know having sex with uh, you know whatever woman but at least I still had to at least know them and have some type of connection or something right with them. Uh-huh. I could just go to the bar and you know just be like all right it's you let's go home and <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, after the breakup, I tried doing that, and it just it made me like not want to have sex with you know. It, it really gave me like a more intimate look in actual sex itself. That's at least my mm-hmm. take on it. I don't know about other guys. I know some of them do it, but I really do think like as you said, they're just kind of trying to hide it and trying to push it down. Right. To they're just trying to mask it. it. They're just trying to feel something else at the moment. Yeah, well, like, they're not. They're not processing the feeling. Yeah, or they're trying to get over it in their own way, which, yeah, it really doesn't, yeah, in my opinion, it doesn't really work, but. Yeah, I think, like, right after a breakup, to just really take time to heal first before you go out dating. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like, don't just jump into, because it kind of ends up being a rebound, you know, because you're, you got off that high from being with that person and now you're in withdrawal and now you're craving that high again. Like you said, going through a breakup is like going through drug withdrawals. Well, yeah. So now you're out looking to feel that same high, to feel that void again. And then it doesn't matter if it's a guy who doesn't fit your values or your beliefs or your non or your list of your vision for a partner. It's just easy. Like, Hey, you provide this emotional high for me. Yeah, let's be together. Even though it's not the right relationship to be in. I think women do that a lot more than guys, you think? Or no? In breakups? 
Because I have seen mm-hmm. a lot of women, they, they're like, when they're thinking about leaving a guy, they'll usually have some other guy that they're talking to on the side. Yeah. And they're trying to like wean off the, the guy that they're dating just to go out with the other guy. I think it's pretty equal. I don't want to say it's a gender thing. I think it's more of an individual thing. It really depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so to wrap all this up, you're getting to know yourself. Oh, well, I do. I do want to add one more thing. Um, this is something that I really recommend for couples. I know it's worked for me and my boyfriend. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together for three and a half years. And I'm telling you, it wasn't always easy. We had our ups and downs. But here's another thing is never threaten the relationship. Oh, yeah. You know, never, never threaten the relationship. Never be like, no, we need to break up. Right. Or because when you put it out there, it's kind of like subconsciously it's kind of like in both of your subconscious and it's, it's just waiting for one of the person to actually do it, mm-hmm. it you know, waiting for the, mm-hmm. it gets easier the next time. And the next right. Time. So just not, not never threatening the relationship in the three and a half years of me and my boyfriend been together, we've never broken up or we've never taken a break because we just, when there's a problem that needs to be resolved, we just sit down and, and fix it right away. We don't let it, we don't let it keep going. Mm-hmm. It's just learning those uh, conflict resolution skills, how to fight, how to have um, a discussion, a friendly discussion, right? <laughs> like my, my patient says. And then another thing that has really worked for us that we have learned throughout our relationship together is creating a needs list. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a PDF or a Word document. I don't remember. Or pages. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, where we list down, actually, like, uh, and I have this in my course, it's kind of like a work, a workbook, where you write down your your needs, what your likes and dislikes are. And just being honest and putting that both in that PDF so that you can understand. Example, like, I, I have on there, I like it when we talk when we spend a lot of time together, when we do this, I like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do this. So it's kind of like not a guessing game anymore. You already know what your partner likes and doesn't like, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't push their their buttons and you don't trigger them. And then it's kind of like, yeah. And then even like, what is your love language? Understanding your partner's love language. For example, mine is quality time. I enjoy spending time together. So just really writing down on that list, like, and then also in that, in that PDF, like what, what are your goals together? What are your roles? Like, okay, are you in charge of handling paying for this? And I pay for this, like, uh, do I do the dishes? And then you do the trash can, just kind of having a system in place, you know, in business or in anything in the world doesn't function without systems and structures. So why not? Why not apply that into your relationship? Why not have systems and structures in place? Mm-hmm. You know, and then also like uh, in there, you have um, his goals and her her goals, and then there's a goals list in the middle. So what is your goals and what is his goals, and then what are your goals together? Really like coming together and writing that down so that you can kind of encourage each other, and then you can grow together. Um, so, but that's what we found. Uh, has helped us a lot is really every time there's something that I like that he does example just this little stuff I I wrote on my list I like it when you send me morning messages right (laughs) it's simple it's stupid but it's like hey I like to wake up to a really nice morning message 
Um, because when I didn't tell him, I would be resentful because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't he just text me? Like, shouldn't I be like the first thing on his mind when he wakes up? Like, is he even thinking of me? Does he even love me? Like, it's just these little, little things that really couples talk about. But if you just express them and you just let your partner know, hey, I'd really appreciate if you would send me a text message in the morning because that makes me feel loved. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I wrote that on my on the list. And it's something that we can both see and we update it. Um, we update it, you know, throughout the month. And here's another thing we call, we touch base with each other. So whether it's once a month or once a week, or I don't know, there's like a questionnaire and you really go over kind of like, you know, when you huddle for work, like you kind of touch base with each other, what's going on from that last shift to the next shift, kind of like that. Like you're just, we we actually come together and we assess like, hey, how's our relationship? How do you think, what would you rate it as? What do you think I need to work on? What do you think you need to work on? But you can only get to that place when you're really mature enough to, and you are honest and you can be open with your partner. So it's really just assessing like, hey, how are we doing in our relationship? What can we do better together? What What can we do together that would make us be closer? Mm-hmm. So um, those are just some tools that I teach in my course, um, the needs list and the expectation list. I don't want to say expectations, but it is what it is. Yeah. We have expectations. Right. But if we just let them know, like, hey, I really, I would expect you, I don't want to say expect, like, it's kind of more like, I would like it if you would do this, you know? Yeah. That is some actual mm -hmm. good practical advice for everybody. And like you said, it does take a a certain amount of maturity and commitment to do those things and stick with those things and hold each other accountable. And remember that overall, you're a team. You're supposed to be working together. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think one of you starts thinking more about yourself than the other. That's when the relationship starts going. And it's also about like practicing like selfless love, like putting your partner first. Right. You know, but there's obviously you got to put yourself first. You got to take care of yourself first. But I, I mean, in a way that you love your partner so much that you put them first in your life. You know, you, you want to make them happy and you want to provide their needs. Yeah. I'm glad you actually said that too, because um, that does remind me of a couple of things. It was assumptions, because a lot of people where they go wrong is they start making assumptions. I, I know women are, are really guilty about doing this, but men do this too. It's like, oh, he didn't do this to me, so obviously it means this. You know, like he said, like <laughs> oh, he a good morning text message, so he's not thinking about like because I know I know women they do this a lot. They put their own little movie, yes. yeah, like, <laughs> what everything means, even though it's like that's not what it means. Like, I, I could just be asleep and you're over here being mad at me because like, you didn't get a good morning text. No. Yes. <laughs> so don't ever yes. assume, that's one big thing, don't ever assume, be like, hey, I felt like this when you didn't do this or you did this. Is that accurate or was there something else? So that's one thing. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, going back to that, um, it's about the stories that we make up, right? Yeah. You live in um, here's an example, right? Like there's, there's, a concert, <laughs> there's a concert that gets canceled. Someone will act negatively about it. Like, oh my goodness, I paid so much money for this. I can't believe it. Some people will be sad. Some people will be like, oh, it's okay. Maybe, you know, they try to think of another reason why. And some people are just like really don't really care what happened. Mm -hmm. So it's the same as like every situation that comes to us. We have a decision to, okay, like you said, like to, to give it a different story. 
Like if if your boyfriend doesn't reply to you, you can make up the story like, oh, maybe he's cheating on me or, oh my gosh, he never has time for me. So based on what you think the story is, is how you will react. So it's just about being mature and always thinking of your partner's best interest, you know, that they're not really out to hurt you, you know, because then when you start thinking those negative stories, that's when the problems start. Yeah. And those assumptions, like you said. Mm -hmm. I guess overall, just to recap, unless you have anything else to say. Um, Yeah. So I just, uh, my... My thing is I really, really want to help individuals and couples to have an amazing relationship. And this comes from, first from my experience. It's like I love my relationship. I love the person I'm with. And I want everyone to have this feeling of what love really could be like. It could be really amazing. It could be really passionate. It could be full of so much excitement and fun. And life is so much better when you find the right person because you get to enjoy it. Like imagine going through life alone with all these achievements and all all the money you have and all these things. It doesn't matter if you don't really have someone to share it with, you know? And I believe that it's possible for everyone to find that kind of love if they just apply these skills and strategies and really work on themselves through the self-work and put in the work to heal and to have that self-love and know your self-worth so that you can have that amazing, find that person and then have that amazing relationship with them. And the biggest thing that I really teach is to master these skills, master these relationship skills, you know, kind of like, you know, we go, we go to college and we learn a skill for our careers, right? Mm -hmm. Well, why we, we learn business skills. We learn how to, communication skills but why not master relationship skills which is the most important skill you have you need in your life right you know because throughout life we have relationships with our friends our family our loved one our our partner our kids so really like like you were saying we really agree that relationships should be taught in school it should be a mandatory class especially for kids i think that it will really make a big impact in the world if we just teach people these kind of skills yeah, i agree so uh, just to recap everything so when you're single work on yourself know yourself have self-awareness be confident love yourself know who you are before you get into a relationship know what you want know what you're not willing to tolerate uh, know your values just just have your list ready of what you're looking for in a potential partner so when you are in a relationship just put in the hard work remember you're a team you're supposed to work together Make it easy on yourself by creating some type of system, like you said. You do this, I do this. It's a, it's a teamwork. We're supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. And if things don't end up working out, take time to reflect. And I think, right. like I said, um, just drop your ego, drop your pride. Just put everything out there because that's for your healing, not for anybody else's. That's for you. Um, so do that. Uh, take time for yourself. Reflect. Feel everything. And then just my extra is just don't. I don't stay home. Whenever after the breakup, I usually go to the gym. I stay active. I hang out with people because that actually helps a lot in the healing process of staying home. Definitely. Yeah. And then um, just, just to add on to that is, like you said, just finding purpose and meaning again. You know, after the breakup, just finding something like contribution. How can you be of service or how can you give back? Uh, you know, after a breakup and just finding your purpose again, because I feel like after a breakup, you kind of lose your purpose because, you know, you've been with that person and that's kind of become your whole life. Mm -hmm. So 
regaining that sense of self again and just doing the things I used to love and, and staying busy. That's a big one. Yes. Awesome. Busy. I love it. So when you, uh, last thing, wrapping it up, what is your course? Uh, when will it come out? And, uh, where can people find you if you want to say that? Okay. Uh, well, my course, I'm still working on it. I don't have a deadline of when it's going to be out, but very soon, most likely before 2021. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram, Miss JL Rose. And on Facebook, it's JL Lumbrez. Uh, and then I'm currently working on a website so that I can put my course up there. You want to say that website whenever it's ready? Oh, no, no. I'm still working on okay, it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm finishing the course first. And then once the course is done, we'll upload it to the website. Okay. Awesome. Well, JL, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kai, for having me. All right, everybody else, take care. Hope you enjoy this next episode and uh, take care.